CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site. The guys here getting ready behind me on this last Friday before Christmas. And while they're doing that, here's what's coming up in the show. We've actually got a better way to get long shares of GM, and we'll show you how. Plus, a classic investment theory is flashing a buy sign for one Dow stock. We'll give you the name. And how would you like to buy Micron for under five bucks? It's just Micro's signature option strategy, and we'll show you how you can do it too. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. Let's get right to it because autos have been kicking into high gear. Check out shares of Fiat up nearly 70% in the last six months. GM and Toyota surging 21%. Ford's up 13%. And get this, all those stocks are on base for their best annual performance since 2013. So could any of these names jumpstart your portfolio as we head into the new year? Let's get in the money right now. And Dan is uh, taking a look at GM today. Yeah, so, you know, as of like six months ago, I think the Detroit automakers were kind of left for dead. They were trading near their 52-week lows, and then all of a sudden they caught a bid this fall. You know, it was autonomous vehicles. It was um, electric vehicles. It was just all these technical or technology themes that are playing very well with some of their competitors, with, with some private companies like Uber and Waymo, uh, part of Alphabet, that sort of thing. But then all of a sudden GM caught a bid. The stock rallied 30%, I think, um, from September to late October, early November. At that point on the show, actually, um, I was kind of fading that move. I just thought it was like a little too far, too fast. GM's pulled back here now, but I think those very themes are going to be really important in 2018, and I think it could be a great investment thesis. That chart right there, Carla will speak to it. I mean, I like the break, uh, the breakout. It obviously pulled back to that breakout level. If it holds here, to me, this looks like a pretty decent entry for a long as we think about out early 2018 setups. So how do you get along? Yeah, so to me, I think you want to do something that we did last week on the show. You really just want to look at call calendars. We're at a holiday period here. Things could be kind of quiet over the next week, week and a half or so. Then we get into a period of January where we may see people take some profits. So those situations set up good for call calendars, where you're selling short-dated calls and you're buying longer-dated ones when you're targeting. So today, when GM was trading at 42 bucks, I bought the January-February 43-strike call calendar. I sold one of the January 43 calls at 60 cents, and I bought one of the February uh, 43 calls for $1.20. That cost me 60 cents. That is my max risk. What I want to do over the next few weeks is the stock move towards that 43 strike. I want that to expire worthless. I want to be long the February 43 call for 60 cents. And at that point, I'm targeting their earnings event, which will be Q4 earnings. It should fall in the first week of February. And I hope their 2018 guidance is what catalyzes this stock for a meaningful breakout off of this hold of this 42 level. Mike, do you like the trade? And would you have chosen GM of those automakers? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I mean, in general, the thing about General Motors, this company is incredibly cheap. I mean, it's trading a little over seven times earnings. It's trading The stock price is approximately where it was in Christmas of 2013, and the company's made $35 billion since then, and it's going to sell 10 million cars in full year 2017. So I like it as a valuation story. I think people have discounted the autos far too much. The call calendar, I also like that structure just for this season in particular, for the reasons Dan outlined. In general, because the stock is so cheap, I'd rather just be long, longer-dated calls here. 
but because you might have some you know, tax gains selling in, uh, in January, the call calendar might actually make some sense here. Carter? Well, if one were to look at the general theme of autos, uh, there's a lot of talk of, of peak sales and, and quality of lending going down. But what we do know is there's an ETF that uh, captures all of them. It's a cute symbol, C-A-R-Z, cars. And you've got Daimler and BMW, Ford, Porsche, uh, Tesla's in there, uh, Ferrari, everything. And uh, in terms of GM, I mean, the, the chart that Dan had up on the screen, he's got it dead to rights. If you break out and then you check back to the point from which you broke out, it's the definition of what a, a, a reset or a repivot is, where you then get the initial breakout plus some. So, uh, and it's much better than Ford as a pattern, at least from my seat. Does it look better than a lot of the others? Well, uh, some are better than others. I mean, uh, Toyota is particularly good. I like that one. Um, you know, Ferrari's in a bit of trouble. Tesla too. So it's it's case by case. GM's as good as any. Yeah, and I just think the, the main fundamental reason why I'm looking at GM is that I think investors are at a point right now where they want to find value, but they also want to find some sort of thing that will actually increase that value. So to me, you know, they just invested in Lyft. This is GM. They bought a company called Cruise, where it relates to autonomous. And these are the sorts of things that investors may start to re-rate the stock higher if they see some sort of real, some, some big plan where they could be a leader in autonomous or autonomous fleets or EV, that sort of thing. So to me, I think this sets up as a really interesting trade. Again, we're defining our risk. It's a about one, one and a half percent of the stock price. It gives me a lot of optionality as we head into January. All right, let's move on. It's been a record year for records <laughs> as the Dow sits near all-time highs. The classic dogs of the Dow theory could point to some big gains for a number of names in the new year, in the index in the new year. Breaking it down as a man who knows a dog or two, CNBC's Dom Chu. Well, Melissa, I have two dogs of my own, a Havanese named Lucy, 15 pounds, and a Tibetan Terrier named Bogey. He's the blonde 30-pound one. And this time of the year, though, I'm not the only dog guy out there. Some investors are taking stock of who the dogs of the Dow will be in 2018. Now, a quick refresher, the dogs of the Dow is a screen slash investment model. You take the 10 highest yielding stocks in the Dow, buy them and hold them for a year rinse and repeat. The thinking is that the highest yielders are often stocks that have gotten a little beaten up and might be due for a bit of a bounce while collecting a better than average dividend. Well, as things stand right now, here's how the new dogs will look for the new year. In the number 10 spot, it's General Electric, which is yielding about two and three quarters percent after its dividend cut. Number nine is Procter & Gamble, close to around 3%. Cisco Systems, right around that little 3% mark, maybe just a hair above it. Coca-Cola, 3.2%. Merck at 3.4%. Chevron at 3.5%. ExxonMobil, a little bit north of that, near about 3.7%. Pfizer comes in at 3.8%. IBM, Big Blue itself, 3.9%. And then the top of the heap, in terms of dividend yield, Verizon at 4.4%. So there you have it, Melissa. Any of these stocks may become the best in breed. Maybe that's a question for traders and investors next year. Back over to you. All right. Thank you, Dom. Oh, and by the way, Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you, Dom. Dom Chu in the newsroom. Dom, by the way, is the hardest working man in show. I mean, he was on at 5 o'clock this morning on Worldwide Exchange. Um, Carter is taking a deeper dive into the dogs of the Dow theory, looking at one name that could break out next year. So, Carter, why don't you head on over to the platform? Yeah, let's, uh, let's try to pick one. So, obviously, the, you can only pick from uh, those names that have the highest yield, which typically means they've been bad performers. Um, but let's look at the... Uh, the investment um, results of this uh, premise. This is the dogs of the Dow, 1989 to present. And uh, this is kind of quite remarkable, actually. $10,000, 
invested in the Dow, you've got yourself a nine-bagger, and you've got this. If you simply went after that stock or the one you pick with a very high dividend yield. Half of all returns since 1928 are because of dividend yields, if you look at the S&P or the Dow. And so that's the heart and soul of this, that, that uh, income is as much important as appreciation. Um, anyway, um, what I'm going to do is uh, pick Chevron. But here is that chart just to show you. Again, this is an epic kind of thing. You've got the Dow versus dogs of the Dow over the last uh, several decades. It's not even close. Um, so, well, you might want to pick the one I pick. You also can pick among all of these, and, and Don was just talking about them. They're marquee names, names that everyone knows, and they are all offering decent yields. So I want to show you, actually, the actual stats on this, uh, these dogs. This is their current dividend yield as a basket versus the market or the Dow, right? So you've got 100 basis points more in yield. And look at their year-to-date performance. This is, this is pretty telling. You're talking about the dogs, right, in a big year. I mean, the Dow, we know, is up 25%. So if you believe in mean reversion, that's what a lot of this is, that's the bet that one is making by going after losers, because that's what this group is. You go nowhere when the Dow goes up 25%, you must be a loser. So the loser that I'm going to pick uh, is Chevron. Now, this is the year-to-date. This is a wipeout, right? Chevron's done this. Dow has done this. Let's keep going. Here is... Over the last five years, you can see the numbers. Chevron lagging. Here's 10 years. Uh, well, 10 years not there. So let's go to the absolute chart. Now, how to draw the lines. This is Chevron itself. I think you can draw it this way. Cup and handle. Cup and handle formation typically resolved by up and out. Let's clear it. I think you could draw it this way. A nice wedge. Yes, and you got this little bit of a breakout and a check back. And now I think you... And we're already seeing it. You pivot higher. OK, long-term chart. Going back to its all-time peak at about um, 135. I think you could say this. Here's the wedge. Just to get back to the high would give us about a 10% move. I think you could draw it this way. Again, this is a five-year. You've got the head and shoulders. Just to get back to the high, good momentum here. This is my dogs of the Dow pick for 2018. All right, so let's go to Mike. How are you trading Chevron? Yeah, so it's interesting. This is a relatively low volatility name, although obviously it's had a good move off the mid-year low. So I think you want to buy a call spread here. I'm looking at the March 125, 135 call spread. You could buy that for $3.20 when I was looking at it earlier today. I would like, as Dan has done, to try to find some options to sell, but frankly, they're just a little bit too cheap to sell any downside in this one. So I think this is a way to you know, basically risk a little bit less than 3% of the stock price to make a bullish bet through March. Dan, what do you make of this chart? Um, first of all, that charting was surgical. I mean, it just shows you how you really have to look at different time frames, too. And that's why we use so many charts to actually help inform our strikes. I mean, Mike is using a 125. That's really nice support in targeting 135. And to Mike's point, I mean, that call spread that cost about $3 is about 2.5% of the stock price to have that exposure for the next few months here. I mean, I think that makes sense because that is a great-looking setup, whether you like oil stocks or not. Mm -hmm. um, we are taking I, a look at this in the con context of dogs of the Dow, but how does it compare to other integrated? Well, I mean, Chevron's been the better performer of its big competitor, Exxon. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the thing is this. You can pick your dog of the Dow pick and get it wrong every year. The principle here is what matters, is that as an aggregate, those that have 
perform poorly, but have a high yield, have a way of catching up, having lagged by so much. Mike, last word to you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously one of these issues where a lot of these integrated oil companies have not necessarily been replacing their reserves. And obviously, if they're not interested in investing in it, it gives us some doubt. That's one of the reasons why a call spread makes sense, because if we do get some news that could result, for example, in a dividend cut like you got in GE, that would present a downside risk. And this is a way to make a bullish bet without risking a great deal. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, sign up for our super cool newsletter. It's like a Dickens Christmas carol, but with puts and calls, perfect for the Christmas holiday. In the meantime, here's what's coming up next. Santa is coming to town, and in honor of the big guy, we've got a festive way to get long Micron for under five bucks. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. What a beautiful tree. Welcome back to Options Action. It is the most wonderful time of the year. The tree is lit, presents are wrapped, your loved ones are near, and to help spread the holiday spirit, we have a very special gift for all of our fans. Mike Coe, as you've never seen him before. It's the greatest gift money can buy. Your favorite holiday tunes, sung by the voice of an angel. Michael, Options Action presents the third installment of Coe's Holiday Classics. Experience the Yuletide favorites like the call calendar. It's a tough environment that we have with the VIX below 10 to try to look for setups in the options world where you actually get to collect decay. This is one of them because you do own options, but those longer dated ones won't decay as rapidly as the nearer dated ones will. The put spread. Often things like put spreads are the way to make the directional play because they don't have the idiosyncratic risk that single stocks do. And the timeless classic the Christmas tree. So the trade I was looking at was the March 22, 2018 Christmas trees. But wait, there's more. Order now and get the special Christmas version of Mike's signature creation. What the heck did he just say? Hey, we saw about two times the average daily put volume today. Most active with a 145 puts, which traded over 1,400 times for a price of about 192, which means the options traders are expecting the stock to fall below 143 by the end of the week. They're all together in this timeless collection. So pick up the phone now and dial 1-800-RISK-LESS or order online at optionsaction.cnbc.com. Special delivery charges may apply. It is like Christmas came early, isn't it? And the gifts <laughs> just keep on coming because Mike is going to serenade us once more with your signature Christmas tree strategy, Mike. How does it work? Yeah, so this is an interesting one when we break it out, but once a year. But actually, this is really a very good trade to use in, in certain cases. I'm looking at Micron technology, and the Christmas tree I'm looking at is the April 40, 55, 60 Christmas tree. Let's break that down. I'm going to buy one of the April 40 calls, sell three of the 55 calls, and buy two of the 60 calls. That structure would cost me $4.65 when the stock was trading about $44.80 earlier today. Now, what's interesting about this, I am risking about 10% of the stock price. I get upside up to 55, which is very close to the average analyst price target for this stock. Those will trail off as it goes upwards towards $60. 
But of course, this is a highly cyclical business. The implied volatility, that is the cost of options in Micron, is relatively high. So this company has made seven and a half billion bucks or so in the last 12 months, is expected to make 11 and a half billion in the fiscal year ending in next August, but it's highly cyclical. So this is a way that you can capture significant upside and risk just a little over four bucks to do it. You know who's getting a fruitcake for Christmas? From Mike, from his broker. I mean, like that, you know, there's so many legs <laughs> in that thing. Cost. But listen, you know, I, I think the main point is that Mike's trying to take a high volatility name that trades, uh, you know, that, that's up 100% of the year, and he's trying to look for a way to do it cheaper and to kind of offset some vol decay. So to me, you know, that strategy makes sense, especially three days before Christmas. How does Emmy look? How do semis look, Carter? Well, I mean, look, we know, we know these are high flyers. Uh, there's one semi only that's sort of rolled over, if you will. It's AMD. The others, whether you pick NVIDIA or MU or what have you, they're all up and to the right and quite steep. At least MU had a nice check back, you know, gave back uh, 10, 15 percent. But, but Carter, sure. that doesn't concern you. That stock gapped up 5 percent after earnings this week. It filled in the entire gap, and it's still about 10 percent from sure, its 52 Sure, highs. but one of the things about the filling the gap, right, is that you, uh, you've sort of eliminated that risk. Like checkbacks sort of eliminate half the checkback risk, so to speak. But listen, I'm not sure there's anything idiosyncratic about MU versus other semis. Uh, but it's, it's, it's high-stakes poker, and if you want to gamble in this area, MU's as good as any. Still ahead, Boeing is on track for its best year in nearly four decades. One of our traders says the run is just getting started. We will break that down. Plus, got a question out there? Of course you do. Send us a tweet to add options action. If it's nice, we'll answer it later in the show. And if it's not nice, well, Santa's going to bring you a lump of coal. Much more options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. It's time to take a look up at, at some of our open trades. Two weeks ago, Dan said Costco's big run was done. When you look at this earnings event next week, I think it sets up, given this massive ramp in Costco over the last month and a half or so, as a good short opportunity from a trade. And I think that to do it with defined risk here makes a lot of sense. So I want to look out to January expiration. Today, when the stock was trading at 188, you could buy the January 185, 175 uh, put spread, paying $2.50 for that. Since the time of the trade, Costco has rallied to a new high, but has since pulled back. So how are you managing the trade? Yeah, so here's one where I got the fundamental situation wrong. It made a new all-time high. Carter was correct on that breakout, um, but it didn't hold here. So it's a tough situation. You know, the stock is lower than where I put the, um, the trade on. Um, the trade that I paid $2.54 for a $10 wide put spread out to January expiration is worth about two. Yesterday was trading about $185, um, and you could get out unchanged. I closed this thing. I think you want to move on because I have the fundamental story incorrect. But at some point, you know, depending upon how convicted you are, I could see this stock back at $180 in the near term. Let's uh, head over to Boeing now. Two weeks ago, Mike said the surging Dow stock was set to soar even higher. Taking a look at how the stock has behaved, one of the things we can see is that the move, especially most recently, has been particularly sharp. And I'm taking a look at this level from whence it moved. When I take a look at the February 265, 285, 305 call spread risk reversal, you're going to buy the 285 calls, sell the 305 calls, and sell these 265 puts against it. That whole trade costs you about $3.30. That was a good call. Since the time of the trade, the stock has risen nearly 5%, trading near its record high. So, Mike, what are you doing with Boeing next? Yeah, so I, you know, I still like the stock here. And actually, we don't have that much more room to that upper strike that we're short. So what I would do is actually adjust it. This is an unusual situation. Implied volatility in Boeing has actually gone up as the stock has gone up. And that sets up really well for trades like this if you want to initiate them now. So I would close this one and actually put on a 280-300-320 call spread risk reversal or even 
broader strikes than that out to March. Carter? I mean, it, uh, what we know is it's come a long way. We're looking at Micron, for instance, up 100 percent of the year. Boeing's up 90. It's a different kind of animal. This is an industrial company where you can sort of look forward and figure out what the orders are, whereas tech can do anything. Um, I would be inclined to sort of reduce, if I were a long-term holder, uh, write calls, do something in the sense that this is always at risk of a checkback. Would you also take profits? Yeah, it was a great trade. Now it's in the middle of the width. So to me, these guys got the direction right. They got the chart right. They got the fundamental story right. All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call from the options pit. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets. Our first tweet is from Edward, who asks, any thoughts on selling a put spread into cat earnings in January? Mike. I, I like these types of plays for moderately bullish moves, but this stock has had a huge run and might even be a little bit extended here. You would probably be better off just taking a punter with some calls. All right. And because it's almost Christmas, Marco just had to ask, have the traders finished their Christmas shopping? I'll go to Dan for that. Dan, have uh, you? You know, I've been shopping for Hanukkah for weeks here, so, you know, I'm all set. <laughs> all right. Time for the final call. Last word from the options pits, Mike. Merry Christmas tree in my <laughs> Oh, gosh. Carter. Merry Christmas, pie chevron. Dan. Yeah, so I think trades make sense to use calendars and look to do it in GM. Have a great Christmas. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money is up next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.